Good morning, people of God. Here's another day. This is Apostle Shirley Evans coming to you with a word from God and prophetic songs from God of praise and worship. Today is November the 3rd, 2020, and today is Tuesday. The time is 10.27 a.m. And we just bless God for another day. We bless him for another day of health, a sound mind, for saving us, for sending Jesus. Right now, we're in a sound mind. I hope that when this message reaches you, it would be in your sound mind and you'd be healthy and with peace and love and joy inside of your heart. I just bless God this morning for another opportunity that he's given me with this voice to proclaim his word. And Father, in the name of Jesus, <clears throat> I ask you, Lord God, to, as you're using this vessel, that I will continue to give you the glory, to give you the praise and to give you the honor because you're a jealous God and you would have no one take your glory. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us, teaching us all things and bringing all things back to our remembrance. We give you praise today. We give you honor. And Father, <clears throat> your word says, we're to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. Help us to lean not to our own understanding, <clears throat> but in all our ways to acknowledge you. And you will direct our paths. Continue to direct our paths, Father God. Help us not to stray from your path. Help us, Lord God, to, that you are fine-tuning our voice to hear your voice in these evil days. But in these evil dark days, your light is still shining because you are the light and you've, the light is in us and we are to let the light shine so others can come to know you. We give you praise today. We're going to ring our bell. Ring the bells of heaven, there is joy today. And this morning, I have many things to say to you but I want to speak to you about love. We spoke about limitless love yesterday, love without limits. And so I want to speak some scriptures that the Holy Spirit has given me. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15 says, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. This is the only language that a confused world understands. A love that is not only vocal, but active. It is not what we say, but what we do that counts. It is not what we say, but is what we do that counts. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 8 says, He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. So our attitude toward our earthly brother is a good indication how we actually feel toward our Heavenly Father. Love one another. Mark chapter 12 verse 33 says, we are to love our neighbor as ourselves is more than all whole birth offerings and sacrifices. It is not what we offer up, but what we think of our fellow man that impresses God. Money without mercy is meaningless. Can I say that? Money without mercy is meaningless. 
And first John 4 and 21 says, And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God, love his brother also. So God accepts no love that includes, God accepts no love that includes him and excludes our fellow man. I want to say that again. God accepts no love that includes him and excludes our fellow man. This is the identifying mark of a Christian. Does the world recognize you as such? For the love of Christ constrained us. 2 Corinthians chapter, four, five, chapter 5 verse 14. Self gives way to the Savior when the love of Christ gets control of the heart. What the world needs today is more compassion and less censure. Charity, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 13 and 4, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Here is a test of true love. It's not all of it, but enough to let us know if we have the real thing. That's the test. And so the scripture says in Psalm 133, talks about the brotherhood. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the bed, even Aaron's bed that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. The Lord commands the blessing. Let us continue to walk in his love. Give me a pure and holy passion. Give me one magnificent obsession give me one glorious ambition for my life to know and follow hard after you give me one pure and holy passion give me one magnificent obsession give me one glorious ambition for my life to know and follow hard after you to know and follow hard after you to grow as your disciple in your truth the world is empty pale and cold compared to knowing you my lord lead me on and i will run after you give me one pure and holy passion give me one magnificent obsession give me one glorious ambition for my life to know and follow hard after you to know and follow hard after you to grow as your disciple in your truth the world is empty pale and cold compared to knowing you my lord lead me lord and i will run after you lead me lord and i will run after you lead me lord and i will truly run after you this is this is my desire to worship you lord with all my heart i worship you all i have within me i give you praise all i have within me 
I am going to praise you. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Your very word spoken to me. And I am desperate for you. And I am lost without you. And I am desperate for you. And I am lost without you. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I lay it all down again to feel you say that you're my friend. You are my desire. No one else will do. Nothing else can take your place to feel the warmth of your embrace. Help me find the way. Bring me back to you. You're all I want. You're all I ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know you are near. You're all I want. You're all I ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know you are near. Help me know you are near. Help me know you are near. You're all I want. Jesus, you're all I want. You're all I ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know you are near. I give myself away. I give myself away. So you can use me. I give myself away. So you can use me. I give myself to you. So you can use me. I give myself to you. So you can use me. Here I am. Here I stand. Lord, my life is in your hand. Lord, I'm longing to see your desire reveal in me. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself to you so you can use me. Take my heart, take my life as a living sacrifice. All my plans, Lord, I place, Lord, I place them in your hands. I give myself away so you 
can use me. I give myself to you, so you can use me. So Lord, I give myself to you, so I can be used by you. In moments like this, I sing out a song. I sing out a love song to Jesus. In moments like this, I lift up my voice. I lift up my voice to the Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. I love you. Singing, I love you, Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you, Jesus. And our word today is from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 to 33. And I will read the word. It says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse looking, joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving, for of this you can be sure no more immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of this light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. 
For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband, and the wife must respect a husband. That is the word of the Lord this morning to us. And the word of God is the truth of God. His word is truth. And so today, the message to us is living a life of love. Yesterday was love without limits. Today's message, this is awesome from the Holy Spirit, today's message is living a life of love. And so this is dedicated to the one I love. This message is dedicated to the one I love. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He is the one. Master of everything. His name is Jesus. So this is dedicated to the one we love. Jesus. Oh yes, I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I Love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me, to me, he is so wonderful, to me, he is so wonderful, to me. He is so wonderful. It's Jesus Christ, my Lord. This is dedicated to the one I love. Living a life of love. And we've read our scripture from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, 2, verse 33. God is so awesome. He, he, he loves us, he loves us so, so, so much. Ephesians chapter 5, 1 to 33. And verse 1 says, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly beloved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Just as children imitate their parents, we should imitate Christ. His great love for us led him to sacrifice himself so that we might live. Imagine that. That he just gave up and says, okay, I'll, I'll just, I'll, that just be the sacrifice so that they can live. That's love. That's love. Our love for others should be of the same kind. A love that goes 
beyond affection to self-sacrificing service. Our love should go beyond affection to self-sacrificing service. He sacrificed his life. Obscenity and coarse joking, in other words, nonsense, speaking nonsense, are so common that we begin to take them for granted. Paul cautions, however, that improper language should have no place in the Christian's conversation because it does not reflect God's gracious presence in us. How can we praise God and remind others of his goodness when we are speaking foolishness or costly or nonsense? Paul is not forbidding all contact with unbelievers in verse in verse in verse 7 in verse 5 it says for of this you can be sure no immoral impure or greedy person such a such a man is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of christ and of god let no one deceive you with empty words for because of such things god's wrath comes on those who are disobedient Therefore, do not be partners with them. Do not be partners with them. Paul is not forbidding all contact with unbelievers. Jesus taught his followers to befriend the sinners and lead them to him. That's in Luke chapter 5, verse 30 to 32. I'll find that Luke 5. Luke chapter 5. Verse 30 to 32 says, But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And they said unto him, Why do the disciples of John fast often, and make prayers, and likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, but thine eat and drink? And he said unto them, Can ye make the children of the bride chamber fast, while the bridegroom is with them? So, we... We, Paul was saying, Paul was saying, Paul is speaking against condoning the lifestyle of people who make excuses for bad behavior and recommend its practice to others, whether they are in the church or outside of it. Such people can quickly pollute the church and endanger its unity and purpose. We must befriend unbelievers if we are to lead them to Christ. But we must be wary of those who are viciously evil, immoral, or opposed to all that Christianity stands for. Such people are more likely to influence us for evil than we are likely to influence them for good. So we have to be careful. As children of light, verse 8, it says, For ye were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. As children of light, your actions should reflect your faith. You should live above reproach morally so that you will reflect God's goodness to others. And so Jesus stressed that on his Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter five was Matthew chapter five was fifteen and sixteen. The word declares Matthew five. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Your word is truth. 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, he says, neither, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We are to let our light shine. And in and, 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 and verse 15, verse 10, it says, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10, it says, And find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what pleases Him. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful enough to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. It is important to avoid the fruitless deeds of darkness, any pleasure or activity that results in sin. But we must go even further. Paul instructs us to expose these deeds because our silence may be interpreted as approval. God needs people who will take a stand for what is right. Christians must lovingly speak out for what is true and right. Just don't keep your mouth closed. This is not a direct quote from scripture, but was probably taken from a hymn. That is, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That was taken for, from a hymn. Paul was appealing with the Ephesians to wake up and realize the dangerous condition into which some of them had been sleeping, slipping, sleeping. They were slipping right into dangerous territory. Verse 15, he said, be careful, be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise making making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil by saying the days are evil paul was communicating his sense of urgency because of evil's pervasiveness we need the same sense of urgency because our days are so difficult. It is so difficult. We must keep our standards high. We must act wisely and do good whenever we can. Verse 18, it says, We do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you hear me come on and speaking to you and you never hear me giving thanks, then you say, you'll have to say, well, what, one, what happened to, to, to Apostle Shirley? Because I'm always giving thanks. I've learned to always give thanks. And what I, I used to give thanks before, but that was from the lips. But when he stripped me, huh? And when I got close to them and I realized, hey, hey, you took these things for granted. And so I've learned to give him thanks. Jesus learned obedience in the things which he suffered. So I've learned to give thanks in the things that I've suffered. And I will continue to give him thanks. Paul contrasts getting drunk with wine, which produces a temporary high, to being filled with the spirit, which produces lasting joy. Getting drunk with wine is associated with the old way of life and its selfish desires. In Christ, we have a better joy, higher and longer lasting, to cure our depression, monotony, and tension we should not be concerned with how much of the holy spirit we have we must not 
be concerned of how much the Holy Spirit we have, but how much of us the Holy Spirit has. I want to say that again. We should not be concerned with how much of the Holy Spirit we have, but how much of us the Holy Spirit has. Have we yielded, totally yielded to him? We are to submit yourself daily to his leading and draw constantly on his power. It's a daily submitting. It's a daily leading. It's a daily drawing constantly on his power. Verse 20 says, we are to always give thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. You hear me always bragging and giving thanks to God? When you feel down, you may find it difficult to give thanks. The words probably can't even come out your mouth and the enemy will take it away from you. Sometimes you don't even feel like singing a song. But you have to push yourself and said, I am going to praise him no matter what. So when you feel down, you may find it difficult to give thanks. Take heart. In all things, God works for our good if we love him and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8 and 28. Thank God, not for your problems. Don't thank him for your problem. Thank God, not for your problems but for the strength he is building in you through the difficult experiences of your life. He is building strength in you while those difficult times. So thank God, not for the problems, but for the strength he is building in you through the difficult experiences of your life. You can be sure that God's perfect love will see you through all the time, all the time. Verse 22, it talks about wives and husband. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Submitting to one another person <laughs> is an often misunderstood concept. It does not mean becoming a doormat. Christ, at whose name every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, Philippians chapter 2 verse 10, Christ, he submitted his will to the Father, and we honor Christ by following his example. When we submit to God, we become more willing to obey his command to submit to others. That is, to subordinate our rights to theirs. In a marriage relationship, both husband and wife are called to submit. For the wife, this means willingly following her husband's leadership in Christ. For the husband, it means putting aside his own interest in order to care for his wife. Submission is really a problem in homes where both partners have a strong relationship with Christ and where each is concerned for the happiness of the other. Paul's, in Paul's day, you know, they have different cultures. In Paul's day, women, children, and slaves were to submit to the head of the family. Women, children, and slaves were to submit to the head of the family. Slaves would submit until they were freed. Male children grew, male children until they grew up. Male children would, would submit until they grew up. And women and girls had to submit their whole lives. Paul emphasized the equality of all believers in Christ. But he did not suggest overthrowing Roman society to achieve it. 
Instead, he, he counseled all believers to submit to one another by choice. Wives to submit to the husbands and also husbands to submit to the wives. Slaves to masters and also masters to slaves. This kind of mutual submission preserves order and harmony in the family while it increases love and respect among family members. Although some people have distorted Paul's teaching on submission by giving unlimited authority to husbands, we cannot get around it. Paul told wives to submit to their husbands. The fact that a teaching is not popular is no reason to discard it. According to the Bible, the man is the spiritual head of the family. That's biblical. And his wife should acknowledge his leadership. Sarah even called Abraham Lord. But real spiritual leadership involves service. Just as Christ served the disciples, even to the point of washing their feet, so the husband is to serve his wife. A wife, a wise and Christ-honoring husband will not take advantage of his leadership role. He wouldn't. And a wise and Christ-honoring wife will not try to undermine her husband's leadership. Either approach causes this unity and friction in marriage. If you approach that, it'll cause disunity and friction in a marriage. Why did Paul tell wives to submit and husbands to love? Why did he tell wives to submit and husbands to love? Perhaps Christian women, newly freed in Christ, found submission difficult. Perhaps Christian men, used to the Roman custom of giving unlimited power to the head of the family, were not used to treating their wives with respect and love. Of course, both husbands and wives should submit to each other. Can I repeat that again? Both husbands and wives should submit to each other, just as both should love each other. We need a whole lot of teaching in churches to women and men so they can know the truth. Because sometimes the men look down on a woman and figure that she have no say, no word. We are to submit one to another. Some Christians have thought that Paul was negative about marriage because of the counsel he gave in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32 to 38. I'm going to read that. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I bless you, Jesus. We must know the truth. And the truth will make us free. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32 to 38 says, this is what it says. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried cared for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married cared for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. But he that is married cared for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There is difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cared for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy, both in body and in spirit. But she that is married cared for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. 
But if any man think that he behaved himself uncommonly toward his virgin, if she pass the flower for age and need so require, let him do what he will. He sinneth not, let them marry. Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but hath power over his own will, and hath so decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin doeth well. So then, he that giveth her in marriage doeth well, but he that giveth her in marriage doeth better. Of course, uh, as I was reading that, um, what came to me, that I'm sending these messages and there's some people who might not want to eat the, all the food, but I want all the word of God. I want to get the truth. I want the truth. I want I want him to make it plain to us so that we can't have no, we, we would not be deceived when people speak the wrong things. And so let's get the word of God in us. These verses in Ephesians, however, show a high view of marriage. Here, marriage is not a practical necessity or a cure for lust, but a picture of the relationship between Christ and his church. Why the apparent difference? Paul's counsel in 1 Corinthians were designed for a state of emergency during a time of persecution and crisis. Paul's counsel to the Ephesians is more the biblical ideal for marriage. Marriage, for Paul, is a holy union, a living symbol, a precious relationship that needs tender, self-sacrificing care. Paul says, Paul devotes twice as many words to telling husbands to love their wives as to telling wives to submit to their husbands. He's not being biased. He's saying, listen, husbands, love your wives. He's saying, listen, wives, submit to your husbands. How should a man love his wife? Well, he should be willing to sacrifice everything for her. Everything. Christ sacrificed everything for us. So he's going to be head over the, over the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He should be willing to sacrifice everything for her. He should make her well-being of primary importance. And he leaves his father's house to cleave to his wife. But a lot of time these fathers and these mothers tries to get in the business of the man and wife and cause a breakdown in the marriage. Because as soon as the wife and husband are discussing some discrepancies, the husband could run to the mother or the father to discuss it in none of their business. They are to run on their knees to Christ in prayer and pray about things. And so I say to, to families, stop making divisions, stop causing confusions in Christian marriages. Work out our own salvation with fear and trembling on your knees, husband and wives, go and pray to God. If there's some discrepancies, and there will be, pray, praise, sing, say the 23rd Psalm, calm your spirit, and get on your knees and pray. And the Holy Spirit will show you exactly what to do. He should be willing to sacrifice everything for her. He should make her well-being of primary importance. He should care for her as he cares for his own body. Now, isn't that awesome? How do you care for your own body? If you're really taking much care of your own body and your wife is your body, oh, blessed Jesus, then you will care for it. You will love it. You will care for it. You will care for it, and, uh, and like I say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. 
He should make her well-being of primary importance. He should care for her as he cares for his own body. His wife needs to fear. His wife needs to fear submitting to a man who treats her in this way. She will fear him, meaning she will not not fear like be scared. She will reverence him. A man who cares for her as he cares for his own body, no wife needs to fear. They don't need to fear submitting to a man who treats her in this way. She should reverence him. You don't need to be afraid. If he cares for you that way, submit. Verse 26 and 27 uh, um, says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Christ's death sacrifices and cleanses the church he cleanses us from the old ways of sin and sets, uh, sets us apart for a special sacred service. Christ cleansed the church by the washing of baptism. Through baptism, we are prepared for entrance into the church just as ancient Near Eastern brides were prepared for marriage by a ceremonial bath. It is God's word that cleanses us. I was speaking to someone the other day and I was saying to them, not knowing that God was not going to give me this message. When we come to the Lord Jesus, we have an insatiable thirst for him. All we want, all that thrills my soul is Jesus. We come and we have that Nothing bothers us. All we want is Jesus. And so the Bible says, now we are clean through the word. We have to abide in him. He cleans us through the word. It is God's word that cleanses us. Not the going in the tub. No, it's his word cleanses us. The union in verse 30, in verse 32, it says, For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. The union of husband and wife merges two persons in such a way that little can affect one without also affecting the other. Oneness in marriage does not mean losing your personality in the personality of the other. Instead, it means caring for your spouse as you care for yourself, learning to anticipate his or her needs, helping the other, helping the other person become all he or she can be. The creation story tells of God's plan that husband and wife should be one. In Genesis chapter two, verse 24. Genesis two and 24. Genesis 2 and 24 declares, Therefore shall a man leave his father, leave his father. Remember that. I was saying a few minutes ago, you can't be running back and, 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 and telling your, your, your father and mother, oh, this happening and this happening. No, 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 that's confusion. Because what they're going to tell you 
if they're not really listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, they're going to tell you something to make you feel good. Go to Jesus and pray on your knees. Listen to the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Husbands, love your wife. Wives, submit to your husband. Genesis 2 and 24 says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And Jesus also referred to this, this plan in Matthew chapter 19, verse 4 and 6. Matthew 19, I love you, Jesus. I love to know the truth. Matthew chapter 19, verse 4 to 6 says, And he answered, they were talking about divorce. And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. That's Jesus saying, Leave your father and mother. Cleave to your wife. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And that no man means, don't let your parents split it up. Because if they have no discerning of the voice of the Holy Spirit, they will tell you something to calm down your flesh. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And so, we thank God that he is teaching us today and he is saying to us, we are to live a life of love. Living a life of love. Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, a sweet-smelling savor. Let's live a life of love. God bless you. I pray that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And I pray that his grace and mercy will continue to overshadow you and keep you and keep you safe. And I pray that you will begin to daily sing and make music in your heart to the Lord always giving thanks that you would live a life of thanksgiving you will live a life of love and if you live a life of love you will always be giving thanks because he is the one who loved you and you will give him thanks because he sacrificed his love his life for you and so the Lord bless you today and keep you and keep on loving him. Keep on loving others. I'm loving you more every day, loving you more every day. The more I love you, I want to show you I'm loving you more, Lord, I'm loving you more, Lord, I'm loving you more.
every day. I love you. This is Apostle Shirley Evans saying, have a blessed day and I love you. And continue to live a life of love.